This is Emmanuel Today. Taking steps towards God's possible in your life. Good morning, church. As we jump into the book of Joshua again, and it's been a powerful message to us as a church throughout the summer, I, I was thinking about the topic of dreams. And uh, there's a certain age where we get the question often, and uh, my, my kids are kind of, they're, they're right around that age. I got a 13-year-old boy, a 10-year-old daughter, right around that age where a lot of people will ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? What are you going to do when you grow up? And, uh, and it got uh, us thinking, my wife and I were in this conversation, and when I got asked that uh, back in the day, they would ask me, you know, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I remember distinctly that once I landed on an answer that I was confident with, I wanted to be an archaeologist. And, uh, and I, you know, hindsight, and I stuck with that for a while, and I thought it meant traveling the world, wearing a, a hat, and then and, and carrying a whip around and running from ro rolling boulders and uh, it, it was just like the most adventurous vocation that you could pick. Uh, little did I know that instead of a whip, it probably meant that you had to carry a little brush around and dig softly and slowly. And uh, yeah, I, you know, hindsight was probably influenced by, by uh, Indiana Jones and the movies that I'd seen around that time. And that turned into kind of my passion, my aspiration. Today, uh, I look at my own kids, you know, hear my kids jump around from vocational uh, destiny, and uh, you know, I've heard everything from professional athletes to veterinarian to aquarium worker to YouTube famous whatever, gamer, rapper, ministries in there as well, author, uh, so there's just all kinds of dreams. And as a parent... I'm always, I am there to encourage dreaming. How many say, you know, amen to this? Like, I'm not there to say, what? That's ridiculous. Remember, my parents never uh, made fun of my Indiana Jones dreams. They, they just let me dream. And, uh, and I, you know, at one point in my life, I did, I had an actual dream while I was asleep. And I felt like God spoke to me around the age of 10. And then he planted a dream in my heart that involved serving him, that involved finding a purpose in vocational ministry, and that dream stuck. Not all of it has been fulfilled yet, but I can remember it clearly, and that dream was not just because of the influence of what was going around me, or because I was daydreaming, or because I was, uh, you know, had kind of fallen into wishful thinking. It was a God dream that he planted in my heart. My challenge as a parent now is to help my kids discover and discern those God-given dreams that he plants in our hearts. The dreams that stick, the dreams that don't go away, the dreams that don't fade out. And uh, I think that for us today, God is going to remind us of those dreams. He has that for each and every one of us. Every single one of us has a purpose, has a destiny, has, has a, a plan that God has established in our hearts, in our lives. I think one of the saddest things that can happen is that we feel like we've outgrown a dream. You get to that stage where you're like, ah, that was stupid. Why would I carry a whip around? Why would I run from rocks and be afraid of snakes? And, and, uh, and, and, and you feel like you've outgrown a dream and feel like you've got to mature and, uh, and, and feel like you've got to be an adult and, and just settle for the real world and turn 
tune down the dreaming and, uh, and just commit to the grunts and grind of everyday living. But the reality is we don't outgrow our dreams. We shrink back from them oftentimes. And we use maturity or reality as an excuse. And we lose our habits of being able to dream and, and have that desire to reach for the things that only God can do in our lives. Today's message is, uh, is God's voice to your life, to my life, about him awakening those dreams that he's planted in us. It's about not shying away, not shrinking back, but allowing him to ignite that spark again, that desire to pursue him, to pursue his purposes for each and every one of our lives. We're going to hear this message through the lens of the, of, of the story of a, a great man in Scripture. In the book of, of Joshua, we see him mentioned, and in in, in, in his name is Caleb. And uh, I, I want to turn our attention to his life. But before we go to the book of Joshua, I want to read a little bit of what happened to him earlier on in the story. Numbers chapter 13, if you want to turn there with me, talks about a moment where Moses had sent out uh, 12 spies. They're right at the edge of the promised land. They've just left Egypt. They've just uh, broken free from slavery. And they're right at the edge of that moment when they can step in and inherit what God had promised for hundreds of years. And Caleb is one of 12 spies that ends up heading into uh, the promised land for 40 days to scout the land. Numbers 13.27 says, this was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore it, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. There is every kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the sons of Anak, the descendants of Anak. And I want you to notice this verse, verse 30. We're going to jump there. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But Caleb, the other ones, the other spies had their own, yeah, it's beautiful, it's amazing, but there's giants. But we're the underdog in this equation. But it's going to be too difficult. And then Caleb says, yeah, but you guys need to be quiet. You need to shut up. And we need to move on, and we need to conquer this land that God has given us. Verse 31, the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants. Hebrew Nephilim. They were the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought, too. So they probably did surveys and asked the uh, giants, you know, which insect do I look like the most? But they, their, their insecurity and their fear was contagious to the point that the fear spread throughout the rest of the nation, and they all cried out and said, we wish we were slaves again, because at least we knew what to expect and now there's uncertainty, and now there's danger, and now there's weakness, and now we're going to be devoured by this supposed promised land that God had given us. And they ended up wandering the desert in the wilderness for 40 years. Now think about Caleb. Caleb and Joshua were the only two spies that brought back a positive report. Joshua said, let's go. We can eat them like bread. They, both, they had these 
they had this attitude of, hey, let's just take this on. Let's go. God's with us. We can take, I know we're smaller than they are. I know we're weaker, but God is with us. He's on our side. We can certainly conquer this land. We fast forward and we get to the point where Caleb now with Joshua, they've entered the land, they've had the victory at Jericho, they've crossed the, the Jordan River, they've had a couple defeats. We just heard last week about how they had a victory where the, sta- the sun stood still and, and they've spent five years already fighting and conquering the promise that God had given them. These are the two only survivors from that initial generation that had been right at the, at the doorstep of, of the promised land. So they're the older guys. They were born slaves. But they never got that slave mentality stuck with them. They never got stuck in that attitude of not being able to conquer. There was something about them. It says in Numbers 13 that they had a different attitude, a different spirit. There was something about them in their mindset that prepared them to conquer. And Caleb, after these 45 years, stands at the same spot, and he's going to speak to Joshua. He says in Joshua 14, verse 6 through 9, delegation from the tribe of Judah, led by Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, came to Joshua at Gilgal. Caleb said to Joshua, remember what the Lord said to Moses the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report, but my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So that day, Moses solemnly promised the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. He's back at that same spot. The dream hasn't died. He can remember what he had seen. Everyone else was intimidated. Everyone else was fearful. But he still had that conviction. And during those 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, I just want to make a little side note The chapters of wilderness in your life, that's not lost time. That's not wasted time. God is at work in each of our lives. It might feel like like his promises expired, like they're they're not current anymore, but nothing could be further from the truth. His word is always true. His promises are always yes and amen. He will fulfill what he has established, what he's extended to you. The dreams he's planted in your heart, they will come into reality if you will have that same attitude that Caleb had. First thing that Caleb did was he chose faith. It's the first thing we need to do today. We can choose insecurity. We can choose fear. We can choose excuses. We can choose uh, safety and comfort. Or we can choose to trust God. Or we can choose to believe him beyond what we believe with our own eyes and our own ears. Faith is not an emotion, it's an attitude, it's a direction of life. It's, it's a resolve to trust God, even when it makes no sense. And Caleb chose faith 45 years before. And Caleb continued to choose faith 
throughout the years of the wilderness. And Caleb chose faith during the five years where he was fighting for others to conquer their land. You know what? Faith is an attitude ignited by God in us, and it's fulfilled by him as well. It says in Hebrews 12, second portion of that verse, Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects or completes our faith. So he initiates the faith, and then he completes it. He brings it into fruition. Into, he makes it effective. What do we need to do? We just need to trust along the way, along the journey, as he ends up being the author and the completer of that faith. One of the things I love about this, this, uh, this portion that we read is that Joshua, he, he, you know, he, he sees Caleb coming up. Caleb grabs him by the hand. I'm, I'm imagining this. And he looks him in the eye and he says, remember. Remember. We've been here before. Remember. God spoke to us. Remember. God promised. Remember. He said that this would be my allotted land, that this would be my portion. Remember that. And there's a sense in which we need to remember. We need to remember the words, the promises, the sermons, the songs, the dreams, the visions, the things that God has planted within our hearts. We, don't, we shouldn't let go of that. We shouldn't just let it, let it pass. We shouldn't just dismiss it. We shouldn't get tired of waiting. We need to be good at remembering his voice and keeping it current in our hearts, in our prayers, in our steps, in our decisions. How many say amen to that? Remember what the Lord has said. It's through remembering that we strengthen our faith. It's through remembering that we've had victory over the lion and the bear that we can face the giant. It's through remembering that we can weather the season of wilderness in our life. It's through remembering the dream that Joseph was able to uh, be sold into slavery and then unjustly accused and then locked into a dungeon. It was through remembering those dreams that he ended up seeing them come into reality. Remember and strengthen your faith. What are the things that you need to remember today? What are the things that you've, you've maybe dismissed or forgotten or let go of or, or it might even feel frustrating to remember some of the things that God's spoken to you? Because you wonder, and I might wonder and say, you know, was I mistaken? Was it the wrong time? Was, it, was that for someone else? Was it not meant to be? Did I screw it up? Love what, what Paul says to uh, Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.18. Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you. Based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier, may they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Hang on to the prophetic words that were spoken over you earlier because they will help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Prophetic voice shows up in all kinds of different ways in our lives. It can show up in a conversation. It can show up in a, in a moment of, uh, of worship. It can show up in, in a sermon. Someone might come up and actually King James prophesy over you. That can happen as well. But whenever God does speak to you, Remember that. Hang on to it. Write it down. Don't dismiss it. Don't belittle it. Remember, he's the initiator and the perfecter. It's really up to him to fulfill it. All I need to do is trust and follow him. Amen? What are the prophecies that God's given you? Every single one of us has a purpose, has a destiny, has dreams that God has planted in our hearts. And we can commit the mistake of dismissing that, 
shrinking back, saying that we've outgrown them, and being like those 10 spies that infect others with fear. Or we can be like Caleb, and we can choose faith. What is God calling you to remember today? What promises has he given you? What prophecies has he spoken over your life? What dreams has he planted in your heart? Have you discarded those dreams and promises? Have you grown tired of waiting? Choose faith today. Because God's promises are inherited through faith. In, in Hebrews 11, it says in verses 1 and 2, faith shows the reality of what hope we hope for. It is the evidence of the things we cannot see. Through faith, the people of the days of old earned a good reputation. Then verse 33 and 34, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight to fight because they had faith. Choose faith today, and your weakness will be turned to strength. Choose faith today, and you will be able to conquer the things that just seem overwhelming, daunting, and impossible in your life. Choose faith, believe, and trust him, and you will see that he will follow through, and he'll be the author and the perfecter of that faith. One of the other things that we see in the text about Caleb, and it repeats it, Often, three times in the portion we're going to read today, it says that he wholeheartedly followed the Lord. Now, this term, it's used predominantly about Caleb in Scripture. It's only used uh, just a handful of times. Six times this same term is used about Caleb. It's a nautical term. It's about, it's about uh, sailing. It's about a ship that pushes straight ahead no matter what. Wholeheartedly following the Lord. It's like just plowing ahead with all your strength, wholeheartedly, not semi-heartedly, not token-heartedly, not tip-heartedly. It's wholeheartedly pursuing God, just pushing forward. I love that, that, that image that it gives us, and, and he's almost like proposes kind of an example for us. This is the attitude that we need to have in, in life. In 45 years, he never, that ship never stopped sailing towards the promise that God had given him. He pushed forward no matter what, no matter how long he had to wait, no matter what obstacles were in his path, no matter what discouraging moments he encountered, no matter the voices of those around, he pushed forward to see God's promises fulfilled in his life. I love that it says that he followed the Lord. Sometimes we, we can confuse faith with presumption. And we're like, God, I'm going to jump off the pinnacle of this temple. Catch me. And, uh, or we're like, hey, God, watch me do this. Follow me, Lord. And it doesn't work that way. Faith comes when we hear his voice first. And then we take a step because we trust his voice in our life. Presumption says, God, I'm going to need you to follow me. But here, I need you, you know, you got my back? Okay, here we go. And, uh, and then we turn off our, you know, our, our intuition and we turn off all the safety gauges that God has designed our mind with and we just kind of do something foolish. That's not faith. That's presumption. Faith, wholeheartedly following the Lord, is is, is letting him take the lead. It's letting him guide us as we navigate through life. Wholeheartedly following him means at all times, not only Sunday, a couple hours a week, 
Wholeheartedly means in every circumstance, not only when everything is going great, or when you have to break in case of an emergency, break the glass, pull out a Bible because God has to come and save you. You remembered your faith when you were in a pinch. Wholeheartedly means without reserve. It means without excuse. It means without divided loyalties. James 1, 6 through 8, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave in the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, for their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable or inconstant in everything that they do. Wholeheartedly follow the Lord. Living this way is a life of commitment to God, heart, mind, and soul. It's saying, Lord, I'm going to love you the way Jesus said that we should, the first and greatest commandment. It's a direction of life that clings to God relentlessly. It's grit. It's courageous trust as we continue to keep our eyes set on him. Faith stories can often be vulnerable stories because they're not always easy stories. And there's always, we're always going to encounter hurdles and then we're always going to encounter uh, detours and surprises. But if God has spoken, he will show up and he will carry us to that destination that he has prepared. Follow him wholeheartedly. And our last, last key uh, thing that we want to learn today, we're going to get from Joshua 14 as we read 10 through 14. Go, go there with me if you will. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised for these 45 years since Moses made this promise. Even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, today I am 85 years old and I am as strong now as when Moses sent me on that journey. I can fight and still travel and fight well as I could then. So give me that hill country that the Lord promised me. I love that. That's, you got to kind of yell that part out. You will remember that as scouts, we found the descendants of Anak living there, great walled towns. But the Lord, if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land, just as the Lord has said. But God, but if the Lord is with me. So Joshua blessed Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and gave Hebron to him as his portion land. Hebron still belongs to the descendants of Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Never lose your conquering mindset. Never lose your conquering mindset. It's not about age. Yes, Caleb was 85. I can imagine. He's like squeezing Joshua's hand as he looks him straight in the eye. And he's like, I am as strong right now as I was when I was 40. And kind of flexing while he's doing it, trying to show him. But it's not about his physical ability. It's about the strength of his faith. This man was born a slave. But that didn't stop him from having a conquering mindset. This man was 85 years old. He could have said, my time's over. Someone else's turn. Someone else gets to do it. But he chose to not retire his faith. This man chose to never lose his conquering mindset. Love what it says in references before, but wrote, uh, Numbers 14.24 says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit or a different attitude, 
and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. This is 45 years before. God noticed that attitude, that mindset, that perspective, that desire to trust and conquer. Caleb had faith because he knew God. And God gave him promises because he knew Caleb. God knows you and he knows me as well. He knows our limitations. He knows our origin. He knows our, our, uh, our current reality of where we are, where we come from, where we are today. But he still has hills for us to conquer and giants for us to defeat. How many say amen to that? Don't lose your conquering mindset. Don't settle. Don't get comfortable with this life that can be so temporary and so numbing to our soul and spirit. There's eternal purpose for each and every one of us. We still have a current faith that moves us forward. We can't get stuck in the past, can't get stuck in the present, in our limitations, can't get stuck in an attitude of, I've already tried it, I've already done it, someone else got to do it now. There's still strong faith and purpose for each and every one of us. And we can't get stuck in selfishness or entitlement. I love that Caleb spent the first five years in the promised land helping others conquer their inheritance. He didn't say, well, I'm in here now. It's, you know, I, I had to put up with the consequence for 40 years of those other guys, the 10 guys. Rest in peace. But now it's my turn. No, he said, you know what? Let's fight. Let's fight together. I want to see God's promises and dreams fulfilled in your life as well. We don't live in isolation. We don't live in single lane, tracked faith. We live together, connected, cheering each other on, incurring each other, helping each other battle and achieve and conquer the hills and defeat the giants that stand in our ways. And today you have strong faith to conquer those hills that are still pending in God's purposes for your life. Today, you have him to help you overcome any giant that might stand in your way. A narrow mindset can keep us from conquering God's promises for our life. But let's not let anything stand in the way of our faith. Let's not get stuck. Let's keep conquering with God. Let's make room for his possibilities in our life. There's strong faith and purpose in each of our lives today. I think we all encounter moments where we, we question, we wonder, is it done? Is this all there is? Am I supposed to just settle for this? And I want to encourage you today. I want to speak to you today on behalf of the Lord and say, no, there's a lot more ahead. There is a lot more ahead. Don't retire your faith. Don't choose to retire that conquering spirit and that attitude. Stand firm. Remember his promises. Keep on following him. If you follow him, he will move you forward. He's not going to get you stuck in park somewhere. He will move you forward, and there's still hills to conquer. Thanks for listening to Emmanuel Today. For more messages, visit EmmanuelCC.org.